What's going on, everybody? It's Catfish on Ice, episode 198, with your hosts Chad Minton and Rich Howe. The crew is back together. How are you doing, Rich? Good. That hockey puck almost cracked my screen coming at me, so I was a little Man, worried. dude, I was worried. I thought it was coming right was at coming me. coming right at me. Right at me. We needed some 3D glasses for that, though. Awesome. That would be awesome. That All right. Incredible. Guess what? Hockey season is upon us. We are there, Rich. We're there. How did we make it here? I don't know. It feels like it's been an attorney. We see all these other sports going on. Baseball's going on. You know, we got football started. Football started. And I'm, I feel left out. I feel left out because as much as I love all sports, it makes me miss hockey so much more. But I agree. The Preds rookies have reported to camp today. Training camps next week. We're about to have the prospect showcase. We've got training camp going on. We've got preseason games about to happen. It's all about to happen all for us here. 2023-2024. Are you ready, Rich? That's the real question. Are the Predators fans ready? Is Smashville ready for another season of roller coaster, up and down, heartbreak, gets us excited? Oh, man. Might not. Ready for it. Is, Is Justin Gambino ready? For hockey season. That's I think Justin Gambino is always ready for hockey. I think so. What's up, Justin? We've also got our friend Shashkatu Tiger. Can't make the live episode tonight, but did say hello. And that they're going to catch the episode later. Thank you for saying hello. Good to see you. I'm horrible um, with names. Uh, he told us his name once. And I yeah. just can't remember, but the the Shaskatooth Tiger is the best. So It is the best. So let's update everybody first on our personal lives here a little bit just before we uh, get into the hockey talk here. We have been a little bit off the radar the last couple weeks. We did put out a quick episode, 197, a solo episode last week. But this is our first episode with me and Rich back together. Uh, As a lot of our loyal listeners know, we work full-time jobs outside of doing this podcast plus life itself. So... We find every opportunity we can to do the podcast, and tonight's the night. We're excited to be here yep. with you all. We hope you enjoy this episode. Let's I tell do. you what we got in store for you. First of all, we are brought to you by DraftKings, the GOAT sponsor, with promo code THPN. We will tell you about our current Energy. offer we have with those amazing sponsors there, and we're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Listen to us on all of the major podcast platforms, including Everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Everywhere you get your podcast. Yeah. And of course, if you are not a YouTube subscriber yet, you should be because you get to watch the episode live, you get to catch it before it actually hits the podcast platforms. And every now and then we'll throw some bonus content on the channel as well. Here's what we got in store for you. I think you probably know the Preds are rookie, are uh, reporting to rookie camp today. So many prospects, a lot of draft picks from 2023 are at this rookie camp. Uh, Rich, so that'll be fun to watch. We're also going to see some what I would call "quote unquote" rookie veterans. So they're not veterans in the league yet, but yes. they are definitely going to be veterans at this rookie camp. I think one player and obvious is Igor Afanasyev, who got the captain's patch. He, he's probably the old guy. He's the old man of the of the group. I would say. Definitely is. He gets the captain's patch for the rookie prospect showcase. So very well deserved. Very happy to see that. So we are going to unpack the rookie camp. Look at the rookie camp roster. Talk about some of these fresh faces that are in the Predators system now and see what how we see their paths 
going. It's going to be a really exciting rookie camp. There is so much talent in this prospect yeah. pool. Yes. And it's just continued to get reloaded and get loaded up. And let me tell you, this Predators prospect pool was very, very shallow and not very deep for a long time. There was always talent in it. We've seen it on the Predators roster throughout the years. But how deep this Predators prospect system is right now is probably I, – I don't even think I'm being overdramatic here when I say it's probably the deepest it's ever yeah. been since the Nashville Predators franchise came into existence. Yeah, I'm I'm really bad about keeping up with prospects. Like once they're drafted, we talk about it a lot, and then I just kind of – Unfortunately, let it go by the wayside, but like you look at this roster and you've got Igor Afanasiev, you mentioned him, Zach LaRue. I mean, all these. I mean, I feel like we forget, we're forgetting about Zachary LaRue because the pool is so deep. I mean, yeah, for Zach sure. LaRue's gone through his trouble. We'll get into it. Well, we're going to yeah. go down yeah. the entire, we'll we're going to go down the, the rookie camp roster here, which they reported to, uh, they reported to camp today and we're actually on the ice and doing some practice drills and stuff. So we're going to unpack that. But we also got to get into the actual training camp roster itself with all the veterans. There's a little bit of overlap there. See some of the same prospects who are going to get a chance to play with some of the NHL players. So that's going to be fun to watch. We're going to look at some position battles that that, um, I've got circled personally and some players who can definitely – make a name for themselves at training camp and possibly even get a starting role yes. on October 10th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see. I, I think there's that. a lot of friendly roster competition among this Predators team right now. Yeah. And a big reason why, you got a new head coach, Andrew Burnett. Impress the coach. There's, I mean, it works in any job you work at. When a new mm-hmm. leader, a new manager, whatever you want to call it, a new boss – when that person comes in, everyone's got to be on their A game. I don't care what Absolutely. line of work you're in. And it's no different for these hockey players, including all the way up to Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi. Yeah. Everyone's got to be ready yeah. to perform. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I haven't – I mean, obviously, we didn't look at the training camp roster. It was last year around this time. Um, it looks like a like a football team roster. There's so many people. I don't understand yeah. how they can keep it straight. Cause like, it's a lot. How do, you a lot break, how, yeah, how do you break these guys up? Like there's, there's like parts. 20 defensemen listed and you got to pick like six or seven of them. Like it's crazy. I guess that's why Absolutely. the coaches make yeah. all that money. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to sort out. And I think this year in particular, there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot for these coaches to have to figure out in these training camp practices. So we're going to unpack that. We're going to preview yep. that. Got, we're going to get further into the season. I want to talk about, I've been thinking about this a lot. What is this Predators power play going to look like with Andrew Burnett, who is kind of a power play guru? That's kind of his, that's his forte, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so that's going to be a big thing that's going to be circled on the radar, at least for me, in the first few games. And I know it's not going to happen in the first game, and it's going to take time for, Mm -hmm. for, for Burnett's system to fully take hold of this team and see some of the uh, positives and some of the results that we want to see on the ice. But I just want to see, first of all, how is he going to, how is he going to shift these units? Who's going to be on the top power play unit? He's going to be on the second. And then structurally, 
the big obvious elephant in the room is we got to get that thing. That was John Hines's biggest downfall. I realized that the Predators power play did finish in the top 10 for one year under John Hines the year before last. Yep. But I think that was just kind of fool's gold. I hate to say it, but yeah. you had so many career years from players like Duchesne and Forsberg. And yep. these shooting percentages were up around 20% for all these uh, for all these players, Ryan Johansson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like, it was all going to come crashing down. And that's exactly yeah. what it did last year. So, Well, it crashed down at the end of the season two years ago. Like they were playing really well. Like everybody was cooking in the power play, like you said, was in the top 10. And then in the last quarter of the season, dude, there's nosedive. And then they did not get back anywhere near that last season. Yeah. And then four of the last five years, the Predators power play has been outside the top 20 yeah. in the entire league. Four of the last five. You've got one random mm-hmm. outlier where every single player, it seemed like, on this roster decided to have a career year offensively. Yeah. So how is Andrew Burnett going to change this power play and turn it into a strength? Because until this organization proves that they can make teams pl- uh, pay the price when you send them on the power play, teams are going to play or teams are going to take chances. They're not going to worry about how many times rich did we see the predators go on the power play last year and the opposing team actually used it against them and found shorthanded chances on sorrows. The most frustrating thing ever. That might be one of them. That might, that might be one of the most frustrating things as a fan. When you watch a team, when you watch your favorite team plays, you get on the power play and you actually give more chances to the other team. Yep, and you cannot can't obviously hang any of that on the goaltender. Totally so I, not his fault. It's so I think I think that Andrew Burnett obviously has to have that as yeah, one of his top priorities to fix. So we are going to speculate on what we think the power mm-hmm. play is going to look like. I've already done an article for it on Predlines.com. If you want to check it out, or if you um, haven't read it yet, would welcome you to do that. And then we will round it out with our new segment that we're going to do throughout the season every week, and that is the Central Division Rundown. We are going to hit three of the biggest storylines from three different teams in the division. So we will share that to wrap up episode 198 of Catfish on Ice. We need somebody to do like some music and like Central Division Rundown. Yeah, we, that cool. means we would have to have a studio and we'd have to hire. Just imagine, like it would be cool. It'd be great. It, oh, you know what? Wonder if um, uh, what's the guy Buffer, the guy who did the Let's Get Ready to Rumble? Oh yeah, Central how, Division Rundown. How much do you think he would cost to do an episode every uh, week for us? He doesn't really you got, do. You got that kind of money? He got that kind of money, Rich. Just the one time. Uh, and you got the money for him to do it one time. I guarantee you he would charge an astronomical amount just for it would one probably time. Be, it would probably be better to find someone who imitates him and do it. That's true. Give them five Very bucks. And, say, and I bet there is an impersonator too. Say, yeah, just can you just say Central Division Rundown like Michael Buck? <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into it. Maybe his brother that does the UFC is um, Bill. Cheaper. Bill Buffer. Maybe he's a little cheaper. <laughs> is that All his right. name? Bill? I don't even know. I, know, I'm just I just know Buffer. Buffer. I just know the last name is Buffer. All right. Great stuff. Let's let's open it up here. Let's open it up here with Rookie Camp. I'm about to pull up the full roster right now. I'm looking at it. Too. Oh, are you actually looking at it? But So how about you start with 
the obvious standouts. And I think we all know those. I'm about to put some of them on the bottom of the screen right now. But um, let's talk about the first one there. Luke Evangelista, who is actually getting tons of respect and attention around the league. You know how it goes throughout the offseason. All of the major NHL accounts, they'll tweet out these lists. They'll yep. send out these uh, posts about certain things. At any time the rookies are brought up, mm-hmm. of course, Connor Bedard gets all the love. And, of course, there's it's a loaded rookie class this year. It really the is. Pre- pressure on that guy, man. But the I'm pressure. telling you right now, Luke Evangelista is coming up in plenty of rookie <clears throat> conversations. And I'm not talking about just rookie conversations within Predators circles. I'm talking about all around the league. Mm-hmm. Luke Evangelista is getting a lot of respect around the league, and yeah. rightfully so. So, Rich, what do you – do you think we're putting too much hype on Evangelista? We need to let him possibly go through some growing pains this year? Or what, what are we looking for in, tra- in a rookie camp and also training camp, but definitely rookie camp from Evangelista? Are we really looking for him to take over and just be that – dominant type of force in these prospect games against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. He proved himself, I felt, the way he played last season. Um, we all knew he played could play well. He really gained my respect when he knocked Evgeny Malkin down um, when they were playing Pittsburgh. That was amazing because uh, Malkin's a big – he's a big boy, and Evangelista just – plowed him over um maybe we're putting a little bit much on him but i think the way he played last season i think he'll be fine um he he really played his heart out last season and it was fun to watch and that's what that's what's going to be exciting about this team is they're going to be more fun to watch than they were last year i think that evangelista was probably the biggest bright spot i would agree of the 2022-23 season yeah, with a lot yeah. of heartbreak, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of um, just things that happened, and and yep. then the team manages to field almost a halfway HHL squad, and then they they come up short, and all these things happen, and it was just a roller coaster of emotions. Luke Evangelista, the fact that we got to see Luke Evangelista get his chance, even if it was by accident because of injuries and mm-hmm. trade deadline and all that stuff, even if it was by accident, I you could argue that's one of the biggest silver linings of last season is Luke Evangelista. I, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, you obviously don't want to see your, your star players get hurt, but um, the opportunity that the AHL guys got – that's a gold. It's like they found a pot of gold. It was just so good for them to get to play as long as they did last season. It was amazing. Justin Gambino says his vision on the ice is is incredible. I can't wait. Totally agree. And I saw that in person, his second Mm -hmm. career game in Florida actually got to meet some in-laws of Evangelista. Oh, wow. That night. I will not share names. I actually don't even remember the gentleman's name, but it was he was the father. He was the father of a girl that Evangelista is dating. Oh, and I didn't share it at the time because I didn't want to, you know, so future in law put it maybe. out there. But I, I met and he was so excited about watching Luke get this chance to play in the NHL. And me and him had a great conversation talking about it. And even in warmups, 
me and him were both commenting how just locked in and laser focused Evangelista looked. He looked like he was on a mission and like he had been like he had been playing like he was the one coming up on a thousand NHL games. Yeah. Like yeah, Ryan O'Reilly's about to do. Ryan O'Reilly's at nine hundred and ninety one career games. He's gonna hit game a thousand of his NHL career in a Predators uniform, which is pretty cool. Side note. Cool. But my point is comparison wise Second NHL game for Luke Evangelista, and he looked like he had the look of Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, absolutely he did. Yeah, I mean, just watching him skate, and like Justin said, his vision on the ice is just, for such a young guy, it was it's, a, it's definitely a bright spot. Now, so. we'll say, devil's advocate, let's be mindful of the fact that teams have now scouted him a little bit more. Teams fully are aware of this of this guy now Mm -hmm. and so he's going to get some serious pushback and some serious attention from opposing teams right out of the gate and i've already been on full record of saying that i want to see evangelista on the top line in tampa you know how tampa plays there's some rough dudes even though they've gone through a really really kind of not so good off season and they're expected to be a little bit down. That's a rough neck team. It and is. They always, they're going to have Evangelista as one of their top players that they're zeroed in on in the scouting report. So yeah. Evangelista is going to take a lot more mm-hmm. um, pressure going into it. Just like any sport, a rookie really has to prove themselves in their second year in the league. First year, they can take everyone by surprise a little bit. They can do some things. Teams aren't prepared to deal with them, especially late in the season like that. I'm not trying to sound negative. I'm just trying to be realistic here. So don't be surprised and don't freak out is all I'm saying. If Evangelista maybe struggles a little bit in the first 10 games or so, because it's going, he's going to have to level up his level of play a little bit too Mm -hmm. in year two. And it's not even really year two. This is actually year one (laughs) for him, really. He's a he's considered a rookie this year, so yeah, you know, yeah, and like I I can't remember who said it. I saw it on Twitter. All those guys, including Evangelista, were playing with house money last year, um, which is a, that's a great analogy. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing to, nothing to lose. You can just go out and play free, do whatever you know, not whatever you want, but just play more free because you got nothing to lose little bit more at stake this year <laughs> so you know the pressure definitely. Is, is definitely up a little no bit. doubt no doubt <laughs> let's move along the list here another big time player that's going to have everyone on notice around the league not mm-hmm. just predators circles but around the league if they're looking at rookie camps they're going to be watching Iroslav Askarov um He's going into his second full year in North America. He is the guy in Milwaukee, a very much different Milwaukee team, just like the yes. Predators are a very different team. So are the Milwaukee Admirals. Some people have even gone around and said, maybe the Admirals are in for a tough year coming up because they've just mm-hmm. really been decimated and they've lost a lot of players because they have moved up to the to the Predators. Um, but Askarov is going to be their goalie, and he yep. is still considered one of the top goalie prospect if not the top goalie prospect he's definitely in the top three i would say i would say so. um maybe not undisputed top goalie prospect but definitely top three or top mm-hmm. four 
So we definitely need to see him look sharp in his prospect showcase action. And also in the pre, he should, I, I would really love to see Askarov get a pre, at least, I would like to see him get two preseason starts. To be quite honest, yeah, that would You're be playing, awesome. The Predators are getting six preseason games as usual. I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see Askarov start two of those six games. Let yeah. him really come in as the starter, settle in between the pipes. You know, it's different yeah. when you're doing a because like a lot of the preseason games, Rich, that you know, as you know, they like to split the start, so they'll mm-hmm. let someone start the game and then they'll let someone finish the game, regardless of how the starter performed. Yes. I would like Askarov to get the benefit of the doubt to start at least two of those games. I want to see how he opens a game, how he settles in, because mm-hmm. so much of a of of trying to identify talent from a future goaltender is how do they settle in. Let's say Askarov gives up an early goal, an early gimme in one of those two preseason games. I want to see how he settles in, how he yeah. shakes off that and 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 focuses. How many times have we seen Soros give up an early goal and then oh, yeah. he set, and then he settles in and goes on to make 25 30 saves in a row. Yeah, for so sure. So I would like to see that from Askarov and give him the chance to at minimum start two preseason games. Yeah, and th- that would be good. What it, so he he played last season what it was one game, right? Yeah, he got in that Montreal game that was freaking bonkers, if you remember yeah. it. Remember, yeah, that was the game where he goes in there and, like typical Ascara fashion, he's out there skating along the boards to try yep. to clear a puck. And then that's what actually doomed him of yep. giving him giving up his first NHL goal is he got a little too fancy out there on the boards. and mm-hmm. But he actually made some really good saves in that game as well. He did, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be like you said. It would be good to see him start a couple of these preseason, just to get that, just to get that feel. Yeah, so we're obviously looking for Askarov to really show some dominance, not dominance, mm-hmm. like yeah, but definitely just, look comfortable and yeah. look settled in, because he's not far away from getting NHL duty. He's not far yeah. at all. He's basically nope. got one more year of shown himself in the uh, AHL before the Predators are going to be either looking to trade him or looking to call him up, one or the other. Because of what Mike Twitter said. (laughs) Yeah, so Mike Twitter says here on YouTube in the comments, makes for the reason you hear of UC trades, UC Soros trades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if Iskarov is not in the picture and the Predators don't have a top-end goalie prospect like Iskarov is right now, you, there is no question about these UC Soros trade rumor oh, topics yeah. that you yep. hear floating around. Mm-hmm. But that is how much high regard that there is in the scouting world of a Skarov. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it that's where it comes from. So yeah, it, it's a lot to watch here. Yeah, it's gonna Justin be says. Justin says in the comments, "I hope he chills out a bit with his antics this year in Milwaukee." Yeah, didn't he get in a fight last year? You got in a fight, right? Yeah, we don't want him to go down the Jordan <laughs> Jordan Bennington route. Yeah. Needless yeah. to say. He, not he to is, say that Askarov is anything like Jordan Bennington. Oh, gosh. But we, we definitely don't want him to – we want him to just skate the fine line. You can have the personality. You can, you can be uh, uh, electric and passionate and get your team fired up, but you definitely got to learn how to um, – uh, rein it in a little bit during certain yep. times. Like I would call Soros the exact opposite of that. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Soros You're is one of the most see him showboat or he, anything. He is one of the most stoic mm. like goaltenders I've ever seen. He he never changes his yeah. expression. Yeah. But he but he also learned from Pecorine, who also Ooh. was extremely stoic and yeah. never showed emotion and all even when he even when Pecorine was having some of his worst games, and we saw plenty of them where Rene mm-hmm. got roasted for three or four goals in a short amount of time, and Rene would stay locked in yep. to the best of his ability. The only time I can ever remember Rene losing his cool, and I can't remember who it was against or what team. We could someone could fact check me on this or look it up oh, if you want to. But it was when Rene, I want to say it was against the Blackhawks, but I could be totally wrong. I think it was. It was where he literally got so pissed off because they were crowding him in the crease and bumping him and playing dirty tactics. And he swung his stick and I think he broke it, but he he pretty much cross checked a guy because he was so pissed off. Yeah, I remember over that. it. I think it but was Chicago. That was about the only time that Rene ever lost his cool in his long career. Whereas yeah. Skarov, yes. As Justin says, he does, especially this early. He hasn't even really become an NHL player yet, obviously. He's got to learn how to keep his emotions in check a little bit. That's a very valid point from Justin. Don't go starting fights. No, definitely. You don't need your goaltender doing all that. No, absolutely not. Let's move down the list here. Igor Afanasiev in rookie camp. He gets the captain's patch. As I, as I brought up in the intro, he gets the captain's patch. Very well-deserved mm-hmm. because I am in – I've already unveiled my Predators' preferred starting lineup. I think you were part of that episode, weren't you, Rich? Yep. I've already lost track. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was a few episodes back. Go check that out in the archive if you haven't heard that episode yet. But, um, yeah, I unveiled my preferred starting lineup complete – and I had Igor Afanasyev on my fourth line. I would really love Afanasyev to just completely take over training camp to the point where he is the most recognizable player mm-hmm. in training camp, in the preseason games, scores a couple goals, dominates, gets some top-line minutes in a preseason game. He needs to be on the top line in a preseason yeah. game, for sure. And if he can prove it to these new coaches, these new coaches – and Andrew Burnett, that he is an offensive force and he has fine-tuned his game to where he doesn't just have a filthy shot, but he can actually um, create space for himself without the puck, mm-hmm. play a little defense, and he does play defense. Yeah. Igor Afanasyev can hit. Yeah. I think yeah. people have forgotten that a little bit. That people yeah. don't watch closely maybe in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the minor league ranks and haven't learned a lot about Igor Afanasyev. They know the name. They know that he's got a lot of potential. But they know about his shot. He has a really great shot. That's his top trait. Afanasyev is not afraid to throw out the body. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, lay, and he's a big dude. That's true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping. So we remember last last season when he found out on that documentary that he did not, he was going to be sent back to Milwaukee mm-hmm. or whatever. He was so, so close. So close to making it. And Maybe I'm hoping that that was an oversight on John Hines and Andrew Burnett could maybe see something or bring something out of Afanasiev to get him up to that next level. Cause he was so, he was so close and it was heartbreaking to watch him be told that he was not going to. And maybe he, you know, and just to give the Hines and 
and David Poyle, the benefit of the doubt, maybe Afanasyev wasn't careful. ready. Maybe it did benefit him to be another yeah. full year in the AHL. Because one thing we do know about hockey more than some of the other sports is it takes the process is a lot longer. Yeah. To get Absolutely. from even if you're a second round pick or a first round pick, it the, yeah. just look at our first round pick of 2023, Matthew Wood. He's mm-hmm. not even participating in rookie camp. Nope. And he's that's not because he's not there. There's no alarm bells here. It's not because he's not, but he's literally in college. <laughs> like he's yeah, going right. in, he's, he's going into his second year collegiately mm-hmm. uh, for the University of Connecticut. So there's just so many different moving parts when it comes to making yeah. it to the NHL when you're drafted as a yeah. prospect. You got the you got the KHL. You got all these leagues in Europe. You've got all these leagues in North America. You've got mm-hmm. the NCAA's. You've got all these different leagues, and yeah. every prospect has a different path to yeah. the league. Ask, uh, ask Philip Tomasino and Ellie Telvinen about the process, <laughs> how long it takes. <laughs> they, they know all about that, yeah. especially Ellie Telvinen. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Did you? That's your fault. Hey, that's fine. You used it's, to get mad at you used to get mad when we kept bringing past. up Ellie Telvinen. Yeah, I think that's passed. He's a Kraken um, now. He's going to be a Kraken. So, yeah, but just you think you remember back like every year, it's like, man, is this Ellie Tolvanen's year? Is this his year? And it just yeah. never happened. And mm. uh, it finally happened and he got wasted. By so, yeah, Afanasiev obviously needs to stand out more than any other player. He needs to stand yeah. out. Oh, yeah. This is, this if, is if, he has a, if he has a rookie camp or and he has these prospect games where, he doesn't really show up or he's not really noticeable or he's not dominant or, and he doesn't really mm-hmm. take charge. That could be a really bad red flag for this coaching staff. And we definitely don't want to see that. I don't expect that. I think Afanasia is going to have a, a, a really good rookie yeah. camp for sure. And he'll yeah. also be at the train at predators training camp yep. as well. Yep. All right. So I'm about to check out the full roster. We're kind of hitting the top players, the players that we yeah. know are going to stand out. Spencer Stastny's mm-hmm. in there. He played, played in, a, in a few games for the Predators last mm-hmm. year. I think he is one of the next defensemen to get called up if the Predators go through injuries or they need to make a trade mm-hmm. or whatever happens. I truly believe that Stastny's neck, one of the next defensemen up to get in. He looked great yeah. in his very brief. NHL debut with the Predators last year on the defensive side of things. Let's let, let's keep looking over. I got the full roster here. Keep looking it over here, and um, it really speaks again to how deep this prospect class is. Rich, who's another player that we haven't brought up yet? That's maybe not under, maybe a little under the radar, but definitely not at the same level as Afanasyev and stuff. But someone that we should probably maybe look at. I would say. I remember seeing an article or something on Twitter about Zachary LaRue wants this to be the year he breaks through and gets in the NHL. And I just don't know. I know. I know. Uh, Yeah. That's, but I think like, this is what his third, third rookie camp, second, third, I can't Mm. remember. But anyway, he's 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 been been around for a minute. He's been, been around. Yeah. So like, you know, he's another one like this, (laughs) you need to have a good camp. To, to, to make here's the deal about Zachary LaRue. If yeah. he was on a completely smooth path since he was drafted, then this would be his year. Yeah. But I don't think it's been a completely smooth path no. for Zachary LaRue. And some of it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, 
I mean, the suspension he got this past year where he speared the guy. Yep. I mean, it, it was plain as day. There was no defending it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it doesn't mean that he can't learn from that and mm-hmm. he can't. But I also think that LaRue still has a lot of development yep. to do to, to even come to be. He needs to he's going to have to be really, really impressive mm-hmm. and for the Admirals. If I'm not mistaken, he's going into his first year with the Milwaukee Admirals. I think you're right. Yes. So let's not focus so much on LaRue and the Predators. Let's focus on LaRue and the Admirals. And growing. Yeah. If you yeah. like so our, our buddy CJ, who's always the Admirals guy, he lives up there. He knows about the team. That's gonna be a player that CJ and, and Admirals fans up there mm-hmm. are going to definitely be yeah. all about. Yeah. I remember reading closely. I remember when I read that, I was kind of like Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be your year, buddy. But it's it's going to be t- well. I mean, you love to hear that. Any player you want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but it's just, just, like, just being don't. speaking objectively, yeah. I got a player here that I'm really excited to watch just because it's such a new player. How about Tanner Mullendike, uh first round draft pick by the Predators this past draft, the defenseman yep. who has really grown on me since they picked him. Mm-hmm. I will be completely honest. I was in attendance at the draft, and it was fun. and had a great time. Um, I didn't do a lot of research before the draft, very little, mm-hmm. other than knowing the name, knowing he was a defenseman, knowing a few things. But I didn't know a ton about Tanner Mullendike mm-hmm. until he got drafted. Yep. And that was that second first-round pick that the Predators uh, had. Yep. And I was thinking they might even trade that pick. We talked about it on this show yep. leading up to the draft that we thought maybe Barry Trotz would trade the pick. But he takes Tanner Mullendike, and I'm seeing nothing but very, very positive yeah, for sure. scouting reports. Almost a Roman Yossi type of clone of mm-hmm. a player. Yeah, and that's good news. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I he plays very similar style. He's a puck mover. He's mm-hmm. got speed. He's got yep. puck skills. So I'm very very in tune. Maybe more so than very few other players in this rookie camp that I'm more interested in watching more than maybe Tanner Mullendike. Yeah. Yeah. Him or him or uh, Luke Prokop. Because he's yes. been, he's been uh, Luke's been around for a while. He, well. I think he'll have a very strong camp. Yeah. Not sure w- where he's at in the pecking order when it comes to getting to the Predators mm-hmm. roster. Because you got to remember, Luke Prokop is, is also trying to m- make his first presence known with the Milwaukee with Admirals. Milwaukee, yeah, this he's will been, be a th- year. He was in the WHL. WHL. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was on a very good team. I think that made the championship game. Yep. Yep. I remember that for sure. So, yeah, he was one of the best defensemen in that league. So now it's his turn mm-hmm. to level up. Now he's going to the AHL, much tougher league. See how he does there. Yeah, but he's trending upward. He's going the he right is, direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, I heard about him a lot last season. So, but when it comes to, to Tanner Mullendike, for me, he unlike these other uh, prospects we've talked about, it's his first taste of it. Yes. So I want to see if even in his first taste of this rookie camp action, if he just comes out there and just really 
makes his presence known because that's when you know, okay, we've definitely got first round talent here that we just drafted. Because generally speaking, you want your first round draft picks to come right into rookie camp and Mm -hmm. look pretty strong. That's why they're a first round pick to begin with. So that's kind of what I'm looking for from him. Obviously, there's going to be mistakes. He's going to do some things that might be glaring. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be an issue. But I want to see if he can come in there and really showcase his skills and the reason why the Predators drafted him there to begin with. Yep. See if he can move the puck. See if he can create some offense in these prospect showcase games. Undoubtedly speaking, it's not even close. And I'm not being biased here. The Predators had the best prospect team going into this prospect showcase. It's not even close. Yeah, I agree. The Hurricanes have a decent prospect pool. The Panthers Mm -hmm. and the Lightning are near the bottom of the league. Yeah. Especially the Lightning. The Lightning I've seen, actually, I think it was Daily Faceoff. Daily Faceoff ranked the Tampa Bay Lightning the second to worst prospect pool in the league right now. That's the uh, that's the trade-off for winning all the Stanley Cups. (laughs) Definitely. Their prospect pool is very bare. So and the Panthers are not much better. Another team that's really sold out and hunted for that cup the last couple of years. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's the trade-off. So the yep. Predators, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment if the Predators come out of this prospect showcase and oh, they sure. and they don't you know, win some games and look a little dominant in some of these games. They need to do that because collectively speaking, they've got the best assortment of prospects in this prospect showcase. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the Hurricanes, they've got definitely got some really good talented players that are going to push the Predators, mm-hmm. but just on yeah. paper, the Predators need to be the heavy favorites. Yeah, yeah, and you look at these guys that we just mentioned that have, you know, they're they've been to camp 3 years in a row, prospect camp or whatever, and those are the guys, you know, they know they know what's happening. So they 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 look to perform really well. You would you would expect that because um, they're not, you know, they're not. It's not their first time there, so they they know what to expect. So that's good. That's good stuff. Let, let's just quickly hit on a couple other players before we move on here. Um, we've got uh, Joachim Kimmel. Mm-hmm. We uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Well, <laughs> I mean, another just he he's one of the top prospects in the pool. Oh yeah. Um, he's going to be going back to Milwaukee this year. He's going to be one of the main players of star players of the Milwaukee Admirals. So we'll see him. He's I I know some people are thinking he might get called up to the Predators this year. It could happen, but yeah, maybe. I still think that his talent is just so out of this world that mm-hmm. that alone. But I think the Predator season would really have to go off the rails. Oh, yeah, for us to see uh, Joachim Kimmel this coming up season, but he's definitely looking to have a a really, really strong year with the Admirals. So we'll be watching him. How about Reed Schaefer? Rich, you know him. He came in the, uh, as part of the trade uh, that sent Matthias Ekholm to the Oilers. I do remember that. Reed Schaefer is a very, very interesting player for me because I actually think, that he could play his way up to the Predators throughout the course of the season mm-hmm. if things happen. Yep. I would not be surprised. I would put him right up there with Igor Afanasyev, right behind him maybe, as mm-hmm. being a prospect who has a lot to gain in rookie camp. I think that the front office for sure is going to be watching Reed Schaefer. 
uh, because they want to see what they got out of that Matias Ekholm trade. If yeah, else. right for sure. I'm trying to see what is. So he played in Seattle in the WHL. WHL. I think he's also got international experience where he's really played well. Mm-hmm. If you want to pull up elite prospects, they'll sh- they'll they'll put that on there. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah. um, definitely, uh, we also got Fedor Shveshkov, another yeah. first-round pick. Um, we don't know a lot about Fedor Shveshkov. We know his scouting report, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen a lot of him because he has obviously played overseas yep. in a very, very difficult place for a prospect to develop. Absolutely. And that is the KHL, the VHL, uh, which is the minor leagues of the KHL over in Russia. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is, if you've been reading the news lately, Matt V. Mitchkov, the Mm -hmm. arguably top top pick talent, if you don't have a Connor Bedard floating around in a draft class. Matt V. Mitchkov, who did fall in the first round because of all the volatility. Of that, yeah. Well, it's only because of the volatility of the world mm-hmm. we live in with, with the yep. wars and stuff. But Matt V. Mitchkov is undoubtedly a top overall pick talent. And he has actually been a healthy scratch in his yeah. first few KHL games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they're yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing that happened with Askarov. Um, he was yep. he was not getting to play mm-hmm. much in the Predators. You know, they're like, we got to figure out how to get this guy yep. to North America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. You know, they, they don't – that league doesn't care uh, who you are or how good you are if you're not producing or whatever. Well, they also like to really, really yeah. be patient with a lot of these prospects and he's, this young talent. Also, I, I, if I understand it correctly, Mitchkov is part of a loaded and very deep team. Mm-hmm. over there in the KHL. So it's almost like he's getting overlooked yeah. for veterans who've mm-hmm. been playing for a long time. The only point I'm trying to make is when it comes to Fedor Shvechkov, we don't know a ton about him when it comes yep. to playing in North America. Yep. So Nothing. that's going to be fun to see him perform mm-hmm. uh, based on scouting reports. He's a two-way player, but his offensive skill set kind of keeps his ceiling a little low when yeah. it comes to um when it comes to Svechkov. And we really yeah. need to see his offensive talent develop mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, you can just look at like the teams that they played for last season and see like the amount of games that the guys put like WHL teams and QMJHL or whatever. It's like 68 games, 67 games, and then Svechkov played in 27 games last season mm-hmm. for the KHL. And that's it. And 27 you know games in the KHL, though, is some really good development is, experience. It is. Yeah, actually, it he, is. That's yeah, battle-tested sure. type of mm-hmm. – so when he gets over to the AHL, which is definitely a defensive-style league and a roughneck league, Shvetskov yep. is going to play against a lot of AHL um, veterans who have been playing a long time, who play that rough physical style that the AHL is known for. So Svechkov might fit in pretty well mm-hmm. in that in the age. I feel like he will. Yeah, but been playing the, with the, men, grown the, men. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the question <laughs> is: Can Svechkov eventually live up to his first round pick status? That's very much up in the air, and we don't know. Yeah, Let, let's get caught up on some comments here. Um, Kyle Lenz, thank you for joining the podcast. Yep. Says, unfortunately. Ellie has it cracking in Seattle. Oh, I love that pun. Yeah, that's good. It's really Crackin good. In Seattle. Thank, thanks for the uh, comment, Kyle, on YouTube. 
Matthew, who is writing for Predlines.com Predline now. Yeah. Very good writer. Everyone check out mm-hmm. Matthew's articles. Um, I'm going to botch his last name. Call me on it, Matthew, if I botch your last name. But Matthew Maritia. That looks like it's right. He <laughs> doesn't always pronounce it the way it looks. We're, please we're, correct uh, me. Please correct me. Name. Matthew, please correct me in the comments <laughs> if I mispronounce your last name. But he's the new one of, the, of our newest contributors on Predlines.com. And he his writing is so, yeah. so in, amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it really is. He, he yeah. offers an historical perspective. He's a storyteller. He's knowledgeable. So check out his stuff. Yeah. Really excited so, to have him. All right, so he gave me the update. Yeah, yeah there, that's what I was going to say. Marat- Marataya. Marataya. So it's Taya. Marataya. I said Maratia. So I, I was close. You're close. But Marataya. We, we, we book go. your names quite a bit. So we, yeah. Matthew, we'll welcome to the club. All right, dude. Yeah. We, You're just we, gonna call you Matthew, if that's all right. <laughs> From here when on this out. podcast was brand new, Luke Cunnan was kind of new to oh the my team. Gosh. And we called him Coonan. Coonan. And then like it just became like a brain freeze thing. It was and a it brain just freeze thing. It just, it just it happened. And you, even though you said you did it 20 episodes it. later, I think, Rich. I did. I oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Boyd, our good buddy Boyd. Man, who I haven't seen him in a while. Writes for Penalty Welcome. Box Radio. Yes. Awesome dude. Been on here. We've, been, we've met been him at Bridgestone Arena. A few times. And great guy. Great great preds knowledge and follow Boyd on Twitter for sure. Twitter X. X. Um, yeah. Good stuff. There's so many good Preds follows out there. If you're not following people, if you're a new, new to the team, you're a new fan of the team there, you got a lot of options of people you need to be following for right sure. now. Sure, Absolutely. So, all right. So let's move on. We we've covered Preds rookie camp that we almost went, we went over 45 minutes. Rich, just talking about, about rookie Preds camp. rookie camp. That's how deep this rookie camp class is. And we honestly miss players, but we can't talk oh, yeah, about sure. every single player. Otherwise, this will end up being like a three or four hour saga mm-hmm. tonight. And I don't think people yeah. wanna want episode mm. one ninety eight to turn into um Godfather part two. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Hopefully it wouldn't turn into that. Godfather <laughs> part two. No, Nobody's nobody, nobody listen. <laughs> Everybody hated that movie. No, part two was good. It was part three that was bad. I thought I thought one was obviously the best one, but I thought two. No. Was really you know, I'm going to tell you something. I've never even seen any of them. No, part know. two is arguably better than part one. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Part you know three. What? Part three they should have never made. Really bad. Um, part three was I'm, awful. I'm going to make it a point to watch those. Oh, I've never watched it's them. great. It's like it's like put it up against like watching like a bunch of Star Wars at one time or something. Like you got to like set it up. You got to watch one and two. Together. Back to back, but they're super sense. long movies. So yeah. you like you almost got to take a day off of work and just like decide you're not doing anything today and you're just gonna watch movies all day. Yep. All right. Side ramp talking about the guy. Yeah, off the rails. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So now training camp. We you know, we're about to tell, do a full preview of the big show, which is training camp on mm-hmm. um, the big leagues. But before we do that, want to tell you about DraftKings real quick. Got to tell you about them. We got a new, um, we got a new offer for you with DraftKings because guess what? The hockey season is almost here. Obviously, so awesome stuff there. Let's tell you about DraftKings real quick and the latest offer we have for you right now. 
even though we're going to have some hockey offers for you, but it is football season, and the NFL did just have week one. There was a lot of drama, as usual. Yes, there was. Always is. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And what's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? Well, it's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly. Bonus bets. In bonus bets, $200 just for a $5 bet. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Every game day. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. Rich, who are they? Bang- I've asked you this before. We're going to ask you again. So let's. Let, we always get new listeners every year, so we got to yep. make sure we're catching up the new listeners who maybe – weren't listening last fall when football season comes up. We don't talk football because we are a hockey podcast, but we do like to dabble in it, obviously, a little, a bit. little bit. And Rich is in central Kentucky, just south well, of Louisville, correct? Yeah, just south of Louisville, yeah. All right, yeah. basically a suburb. I'm now in, in Florida, so we're like almost opposite. Really but um, I'm definitely in Tampa Bay Buccaneers country, but For I sure. am through and through a Tennessee Titans fan. So send all of your sympathy – Sympathy letters to me because the Titans are a train wreck. Wasn't really surprised too much. But anyway, uh, Rich, I know you're not a big football guy, but you got the Bengals up there. I think they're probably the biggest team in your area, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would watch Tennessee if I could, but they're never on. And I'm not – I don't like it enough to get like NFL – Sunday ticket or whatever. So I just kind of have to watch whatever comes on the television. Uh, but I would watch Tennessee for sure, just because I like Nashville well, so much. But you already get enough. You already get enough heartbreak watching. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I did see watching the Predators. So save yourself points. some 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 problems. Yeah. Well, but when it comes to but the but the Bengals got railroaded too. By I Cleveland. know. Well, that's and the like thing. So the week one NFL season, there were a lot of upsets. The Buffalo Bills lost. The Bengals lost. There were a Aaron lot Rogers, of upsets. Aaron Rodgers yeah. out for the season. Oh. Rich, that was so hard to watch. I didn't watch it, but I read about it the next day, and I was like, "Oh Dude, my god!" I was watching He's, it live. He might be, he might be done. The, he might be done. Achilles, uh, he tears his Achilles, which is a real. I mean, it's an injury you can come back from if you're Poor younger. But Aaron Rodgers is pushing forty, which I'm not saying that's old, but in football terms, football yes, years, it's old. Yeah. And he was already thinking about retiring before he came to the Jets, and he goes to the Jets. Jets fans have been through – Jets fans, if we want to make an equivalent in hockey, I would compare them to being like a Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, Like, they have been through so much. They're they're so loyal. Their team always finds a way to to, um, just Mm -hmm. mess it up and screw it up. But they're so (laughs) loyal. They are so loyal. They're the opposite of Fairweather fans. They get Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and he's coming in, and and all these great things are so amped up, and he literally gets taken out of the game for, for an injury on the fourth Fourth play. play. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, people were like, they're going to the Super Bowl, the whole nine yards, man, and oh, that's got to be heartbreaking. But the Jets still figured out a way to win. So they <laughs> they did. did. Give them credit for that. But, man. Hmm. But that's, that's the point. Rough. With our DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code here you can literally just throw down the five dollars and have so much fun watching this action win yourself those two hundred dollars in free bets 
So, yeah, get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet $5 and take home $200 in bets instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. Dot 1-800-GAMBLER.net in New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and resort in Kansas, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Okay. Okay. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. That's important. Keep that in mind. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. DraftKings NFL offer get in on it. I know a lot of you hockey fans are also are also NFL fans. If you're a Predators mm-hmm. fan, you're probably a Titans fan, or you got mm-hmm. another team out there. So if you haven't downloaded the DraftKings sportsbook app yet and used our promo code, get in on it. Take advantage of it. It's a good offer. All right, Rich, let's move on. Let's move on to the big leagues here, big, and that big is the list. full training camp. <laughs> Pull that one up. It's even longer, but Nasty um. List. The Predators will hit the ice. Well, they'll report to camp on September 20th. So we're recording this on a Thursday. So less than a week from now, they'll be reporting uh, for physicals and team meetings. And they'll actually hit the ice after that. And then they got to get ready to come down here to Florida to do their pretty much annual doubleheader against the Panthers in in preseason action. And then they will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning back home in Nashville. They'll also take on the – who's the other team? Uh, Why am I drawing a blank? Is it the Hurricanes? I'm I'm going crazy. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. But, um, yeah, so we got preseason action coming up here very soon, and that's going to be – What sucks is – the games in Nashville are right in the middle of the week, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I know, they, but they like, got to find ways. I was really schedule. like going to try to get down and watch a preseason game because we went to one two years ago, and it was fun. But um, yeah, man, going in the well, middle the fun of the thing about the preseason games is you get to see players that you don't normally you know, see that you don't normally see. You get to mm-hmm. it, it's literally a work in progress. Yep. And you get to see, and more so than previous years, Yeah, what we're going to be looking at with preseason this year is, you know, we're not going to get a full look at it because it's not going to be your normal line combinations right. that you're going to roll out in the regular season. But we're definitely going to get to see a little bit of what Andrew Burnett wants to change with his team. I mean, we expect him to be a very, very different type of style of head coach than John Hines. You know? And we're looking forward to it. So what are we going to see? Is it going to be very, very clear and evident in these Mm -hmm. preseason games? Or is he going to keep some of it close to his chest? And we're not going to see a lot of differences in the preseason. It's possible. I mean, it is preseason. You're not going to throw out all your – but here's the thing. I think preseason is actually very important this year for Mm -hmm. the Predators more so Mm -hmm. than normal because they really do need to work out some of these kinks and and try to build some chemistry and try to – because you got – 
you got some new, you got, you got young players, but you also got these new players you picked up in free agency and, and with Ryan O'Reilly and, and Gustav Nyquist, Luke, Luke Shin, uh, Dennis Garyanov, who we're about to get into some position battles here. And Dennis Garyanov is actually one mm-hmm. player in particular that I think is going to be in a position battle to try to get a fourth line spot. I've even seen daily faceoff put Garyanov on the second line, which I don't see that happening. Wow. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Hmm. They have to cover every team in the league. I don't think they're. Yeah, that's true. N- nothing, not to take anything away from Daily Faceoff. I love their websites. One of my favorite yeah. websites to go to when it comes to seeing all the all the content they put out. But I cannot see Dennis Garyanov being on the second line. Me either. <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm honest, looking at. But I will say players. he's a player that really needs to be watched in training camp. Mm-hmm. Dennis Garyanov is looking to really revitalize his NHL career. We're talking yeah. about a former four goal scorer in the Stanley (laughs) cup playoffs (laughs) Mm -hmm. in one game for the Dallas stars. Right. Yeah. And he's just, all you hear about Gary is he's got all the talent, but he doesn't have the hockey IQ. Mm. So can he, can he wrestle those demons? Can he find greener pastures here in Nashville and really put it all together? Maybe. That Hopefully. would be an amazing steal for Nashville. So let's see what happens here when it comes to Garyanov and training camp. Yep. Another um, thing I really want to see in training camp for the Predators is obviously these line combinations and, and what they like to what what Brunette likes to roll out initially because mm-hmm. that's going to give us a little bit of a window into what he's thinking. Because right now we really have no idea. We we've no. been speculating all along. Yeah, no clue. We really have no clue. And in particular, really want to see how Ryan O'Reilly is utilized in training camp. That's the that's the big question. I think the biggest question out of all of them, really, is is what you know what what are they gonna um, slot him in at, and like what he's gonna do. Um, I think that's probably the biggest story. He's not, not the biggest. He's not the biggest offseason prize that the Predators have ever gotten. I would call that, at least at the time, probably yeah. Matthew Shane, but. Yeah, he's still a big deal to bring in Ryan O'Reilly in the offseason. So you definitely want to see how he's going to be utilized Mm -hmm. in this training camp. And you're going to be looking for that leadership. O'Reilly has already made it clear that he is very excited about taking on that role of being a mentor. And and he's really excited to play with these this younger talent Mm -hmm. that's on this team. So it's going to be really fun to watch that develop with his his relationship with playing possibly with the Luke Evangelista. I cannot wait to possibly see that. To see yeah, a veteran of Ryan O'Reilly's stature get to t- bring out the best in a young talent like Evangelista, how could yeah. you not be oh, foaming at the mouth to see yeah. that happen? Absolutely, that's definitely would be a highlight to see that. Very exciting. How Very. about when it comes to the fourth line? And this is really where these position battles are going to come into play. There, it's a, it's a backlog of fourth line potential players Mm -hmm. Uh, just just on a short list let's talk about the players who have already played games for the predators when it comes to cole smith when it comes to Kiefer sherwood when it comes to michael mccarron are those guys old news to you rich or do you think that 
you would still want to i think i know one way in particular you're gonna say but i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean come um, on now i mean these players do have the experience of, of playing with the predators but what we have to remember is this is a new do. predators team it'd be one thing if john hines was coming back as head coach oh yeah then i would say oh yeah Michael McCarron's probably going to be that back was, in there safely. Cole Smith is going to be back in there safely. But with a new head coach, I think that makes it harder for those guys to make. Oh, I absolutely agree 100%. Like Michael McCarron did a really good job of playing like the enforcer role. And you need that. You're still going to need that. But like, I don't know if he brings anything else to the You're table. talking about Michael McCarron? Is Michael McCarron, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think Michael McCarron's a quality – he is um, he player is. who can who can take don't... fourth line minutes and you don't have to like freak out over it. Let's say in an emergency situation, you got to put Michael McCarron mm-hmm. on the fourth line. I don't yeah. look at the roster or look at the line combinations that day and see Michael McCarron's name and think, oh my God. No, this yeah, gonna, this oh, could be a mess. Yeah, it's he's a not a team. bad player yeah. in that it's a different team. in that regard. Yeah, it's just a different team. And poor Cole Smith, man, that dude. <laughs> He just got – I think he just got the raw end of the deal because of the trade that he was involved in and, or when he came on, and it's like everybody hates him. <laughs> it's nobody yeah. likes him. And it's just – it's, it's it's. I think people have come around on Cole Smith a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I don't but know. Cole Smith is probably going to get a lot of AHL duty this year. Yeah. Yeah. I and I could totally see Cole Smith being – as his career progresses, his professional hockey career progresses, I could see Cole Smith becoming one of those AHL mainstays that occasionally gets an NHL opportunity. Yeah. But he's going to make the the majority of his professional hockey mm-hmm. uh, experience as his career unfolds in the AHL. And he could be a great, excellent, important AHL player for whatever team yeah. he's on. But I don't think that yeah. he's ever going to really be able to crack through the there's ceiling just, of being an everyday NHL yeah. player. There's just there's just too many other guys. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's just how I see it. See, look, Justin Gamino doesn't even like Cole Smith. Watch the Cole Smith talk. <laughs> Poor I'm, re- Cole I'm Smith. reading that sarcasm. Yeah, right. That's hilarious. Let, let's uh let's 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 put up what Boyd just said here. Boyd says the greatest collection of prospect talent in team history worth discussing for sure. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, yeah. I don't think you're being overdramatic or being crazy or at all. If anyone says that. Yeah. And and when you look at these younger players who will, you, you want to try to get them into the NHL so that they can develop more and get that experience, whatever. And that's going to be at the cost of your Cole Smith's and your Michael McCarron's and whoever else. Um, cause, cause you, you, you need to get those, those young guys in there and playing. And that, that's, uh, and that's what, ben, that's what fans have been asking for and clamoring for, for a few years. So finally getting their wish. Yeah. And unfortunately that's going to push probably some other guys out that we've seen in the past. So what about Pete? I think Keith for sure. What is the outlier? Obviously. Gosh, I like him. I like him so much, man. He is the outlier. Yeah. Cause he, he plays like Cole Smith, but he mm-hmm. obviously has way more to offer offensively. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I agree. I like him so much, man. I mean, what a crazy nugget to the 2022-23 season. Kiefer Sherwood scores the first goal of the Pred season and mm-hmm. the last goal of the Pred yeah, season. That was weird. I mean, how crazy is that? <laughs> 
It is very crazy. And um, he's and he is a battle tested NHL yeah. player. Yeah. He has been battling for his NHL life his entire career. Mm-hmm. And the yep. dude never takes a playoff. He never nope. takes a shift off. He's and he, definitely he yeah. is and he, honestly, he doesn't he's not just a fourth liner. You can plug mm-hmm. him in in different spots in the lineup if you have to. Yeah. 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 He moved around so, quite a bit. Uh, if I remember I, here's my thing about Sherwood. I, I don't think he's a lock for the roster. And I, I got, we, I got a little pushback on it. I think it was on Facebook. Um, I got oh, a little pushback but, on it about, um, oh, this person was saying, oh, absolutely. Kiefer Sherwood's a lock. He's a lock. Mm-mm. And they were naming all the good traits that I just named. And I'm, I'm like, I totally agree with you. He but does have all those traits, but that doesn't mean that no. it makes him a lock because you can Mm-mm. be a great player that does all these great things and, 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 and you're not doing necessarily anything wrong, right. but you got to look at what's around Kiefer Sherwood. That's yep. not really his fault. Dennis Garyano, let's go back to him. He yep. really made things confusing for the, for, for the depth yeah, of this team. Weird. I didn't expect a Dennis Garyanov signing at all when that happened. That totally Mm -hmm. threw me for a loop. I would have expected, I would have expected Phil Kessel to get signed way before I would have ever expected (laughs) Garyanov. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying it could. I've been on record to say I think it it could end up being a really bargain of a steal of a of Mm -hmm. a of a choice to get Garyanov. But my point is. That fourth line is super crowded in this training camp. Yeah. We're going to really be comparing these bubble players against each other and how they perform uh, uh, throughout yeah. this process here. And I mean, so, yeah, you, you look at the younger guys and like they could push someone like, I doubt it, it would happen, but they could push like Yakov Trenin down to the fourth line. You know what I mean? Just like the way Good. it's, I, I don't think it would happen, but just like, well, I like that you brought up. Trennan because I actually yeah. think he's worth discussing in this training mm-hmm. camp as well. He's, he, I think his starting role is obviously safe. Yeah, for sure. But he's going to make the team, but boy, and I've been pretty, I know, right? I've been pretty <laughs> outspoken about this, but Trennan, I don't see a long-term future for Trennan here because either. he's got one more year left with this team. And unless he just really shows out this year, I could see him easily being traded, and it wouldn't be a hard player to move for a draft pick. I'm not saying yeah. a top end draft pick, but you could definitely get a draft pick out of him. Yeah. And the, the organization could just see it as we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take whatever we can get out of him, and 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 we'll move on from him because we've got other players coming up behind him, like you just said, Rich, who we like more. Yeah, and and you look at his role under John Hines, what he. You know, he was in that third line, the whatever, the herd line or whatever. He fit. It's not really a thing anymore. It's not a thing anymore. And he fit in really well for that purpose. But it's it's just not, it's a different team. You, you just don't. And I will say that Trennan could end up really getting the best brought out of him in a new system. That's, That's why yep. I'm hesitant to, I'm not saying it's a for sure thing mm-hmm. that he's going to get pushed out of Nashville. I'm just saying that, Definitely, we got to be watching it closely here because now that he's going to be in a more offensively friendly system, we expect with Andrew Burnett, we know that Trennan yep. 
has the ability to to score some big time goals. He's not just a bruiser, but the problem is, I think he was held down a little bit in a John Hines system mm-hmm. uh, to where he he was more of an enforcer than he was a goal scorer. Yep. Can he move away from being that enforcer role and be more of a goal scorer? I would like to see that. I love Trenton fights. I love to see Trenton getting scraps. Please, if you ever get free time and you've never done it, go to YouTube oh. and type in Yakov Trenton fights. Yeah. You and, can you can probably yeah. kill it. You can definitely kill at least 30 minutes just watching all of the fights that Yakov Trenton's been in. And if you want to watch really watch. watch a really good one, watch the one where he squared off with Zidane Chara. Oh, that yeah. was his, his rematch against Chara. I think Chara got him though. He did. Yeah, Chara whooped him. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I remember. But 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 Trennan's taken fights to a lot of really big time mm-hmm. dudes and he's stood his own. Yeah. My point is I would actually like to see Trennan not get into in the Me middle too. of all that stuff as much. Yeah. And actually sh- showcase his offensive scoring uh, ability a little bit more. And let's see what happens, you know? And maybe he could earn himself another contract cuz Trennan's going to be playing for a multi-year contract yeah. somewhere. Mhm. Yeah, so, so this might be his best year ever for Nashville because he's could be because he might be moving on, playing for that be. next contract. So you know how they do that. Um, Trennan's a big one; he really is. Yeah. And then another one. When it, let's shift to the defense here, um, Luke Shin, another so another free agency addition that threw some people for a loop, and a little weird, kind of kind of went went against the grain of what people wanted to see happen. You know, a little strange. They went old. They went age. You know, mm-hmm. they went against what people really wanted. I'll tell you that. But, yeah, but Luke sure. Shin is a proven winner. He's been on winning teams. He's won Stanley Cups. Yes. He's not they, a big um, point scorer. And I maybe I'm crazy, Rich, but why is – I and I, I feel like I'm in the minority here, and maybe I'm the crazy one. But all I see out there – from people who are scout scouting department or they they, they, yep. they they analyze stuff and they 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 do all this research and I'm not taking anything away and saying they're not experts, but they put Luke Shin on the top line with yep. Roman Yossi. Yeah. Um I don't remember I, it might have been on the podcast. Somebody had mentioned that um it was it was I can't remember. Was it to it was it was, it was to, to it. protect they wanted someone to protect Roman Yossi. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You're right. It was yeah, a couple so, people that said that. Yeah, I think that's that's what it is. Either that, or they wanted to get Ryan O'Reilly, a Toronto buddy uh, that he played with in Toronto. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But, I, I mean, uh, I'm. Uh, it's weird. I mean, it's another. You look at this list, and it's another fight for who is going to be where. I mean, it's it's. There's so many good players. I really like Nashville's decor, just like yeah. looking at it, not mm-hmm. like pairing them up together, just looking at it on yep. paper. I actually really like it. I yep. love the mix. I love the fact that we've got some veterans, mm-hmm. um, including Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough, obviously yeah, the like captain, Romeo. So I mean, you feel good about it. You really you do. do. The problem yep. is you got some aging. You got – and, and you – I mean, it's going to be one of those things where there's probably going to be some injuries. You can't expect all these guys to hold up every game. Mm-hmm. So that's where a Spencer Statsney is going to come into play, possibly. Mm-hmm. That's where Dante Fabro. So I pulled up a really crazy stat. Yeah, I saw that. Did, and, I, and I'll share it. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I will share it. 
Cause I, I just, so a lot of times when I'm doing my research, I'll come across, I'll go down these crazy rabbit holes right. and I'll just find stuff that, it, that mm-hmm. I wasn't even initially looking for. Yep. And so I came across the on moneypuck.com, which is like definitely my favorite website to use for looking up stuff like this. But, um, I came up and I wanted to look up which Nashville predators deep defensive pairings played the most minutes together last season. Dante Fabro was in four of the top five most minutes played wow. on each pairing. Would have never which thought that. T- which tells you that he was moved around all over. Mm-hmm. So if you're a defender of Dante Fabro, that's something you can use for your argument there, is that Fabro has not really been able to find his place among the yeah. Nashville defensive corps. He's not been able to find it. So the the leading defensive pairing in terms of minutes together last season for the Predators, according to moneypuck.com, was Jeremy Lazan and Dante Fabro at 317 minutes together that led the team. And that's for me, that's kind of been my projected defensive pairing for the bottom pairing to start this season. Is Lazan Fabro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. but Luke Shen changes everything. Cause obviously Luke Shen's yeah. not going to be in any of these numbers. Cause he wasn't on the, on the predators last year. The, right. the second most minutes was actually Yossi and Fabro. Yeah. And that was because of all the changes. And of course, McDonough missed some McDonough time due to injury. Yep. yep. We all remember that Yossi McDonough, that defensive pairing was actually oh, really, yeah. really strong together Very for a little good. bit. Yeah. yeah it was great. so, Yossi Fabro played 288 minutes together. McDonough and Fabro played 266 minutes together. And then your fourth most minutes for defensive pairings was McDonough and Lazan. Yeah. Or Lasagna. Lasagna. Which is a, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, we need to call him Lasagna. Yeah. You, you, you got to think that it's going to be like Yossi Shin, um, Barry, McDonough, and then like Lazan and Fabro. That's, I mean, just if you look at this list, that's probably who it's going to be. But that leaves out Alexander Carrier. So, like, so I asked, uh, so one, so I asked uh, the followers what they said, and so one that really stood out to me was from uh, San Turnpack, who is actually a head scout and writer. So he for Sportsnet, draft guide author, future NHL scout. Knows his stuff. He responded and quote tweeted that. And he also puts Luke Shen on the top pairing with Roman Yossi. So yeah, maybe I, mean, I, hey, maybe I'm the crazy one. It's okay. Maybe I'm the weirdo. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't make sense. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's weird. But do you want to hear his pairings, Rich? Yeah, I do. Yossi Shen, okay. McDonough Fabro. Lazan Barry and Carrier is is a healthy scratch. He's wow. the seventh defenseman. Mm. Barry on the third pairing. I don't know with Lazan. Yes, I don't like that. I don't like that so much. I mean, so if we go back to those money puck numbers, Fabro and McDonough yeah. played two hundred and sixty six minutes together. So it's not like they yeah. haven't played together. Yeah, I don't know. Barry just seemed like he played really well last season, and I just I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't think you can. I don't. I think Barry on the third pairing, you're not utilizing his strengths as yeah, right, exactly. Which is obviously to score, to generate offense, blast shots from the point, Mm -hmm. um, create assist opportunities. Obviously, I think that Barry's biggest asset to the team is going to be on the power play. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another response that that was interesting and I don't want to be negative to this person, but I just cannot get on board with your response, but it's okay. <laughs> Everyone's entitled right. to opinion, yep. but rockets on Twitter responds. And here's, here's their uh, defensive pairings okay. for the predators. You ready for rich? You I might know. want to brace yourself in your chair. Okay. okay? I'm, I'm okay. Are you ready? Yeah, Are you I'm ready good. to yep. do this? Yep. I'm good. Yossi. At least they have Yossi on the top pairing. <laughs> Yossi Lazan. AKA lasagna. So lasagna is going to be on the top pairing for the Predators. Mm, mm. Then we got Tyson Berry and Luke Shen on the mm. second pairing. Mm. And then we've got Ryan McDonough and Dante Fabro on the Mm-mm. bottom pairing. First no, of all, if they put Ryan, if they put Ryan McDonough on the top pairing on the bottom pairing, I will riot. Yes. If they put not. Jeremy Lazan on the top pairing, I will riot. <laughs> no way. Won't happen. It now I, I will say this opinion, but as bad as as much as I disagree with that response, if we want to flip flop Lazan and McDonough mm-hmm. and put McDonough oh, yeah. and, and reunite the McDonough Yossi line that looks so great. It was a good one. Then I'll actually get on board with that pairing. Yeah. The problem is okay you problem is you've also got to think about right handed and left handed defensemen. Yeah. Yeah. And guys can switch. They don't mm-hmm. have to play the side they always play necessarily. Yossi can. <laughs> Yossi can switch. <laughs> but the point is that we're going to have to watch in training camp what the preference is there because we really don't know. No, we really no. don't. We can speculate and, all we want. And it and yeah, you, the in the speculation, it's like Carrier. He's like the he's like the X factor person. Where do you put him? You can't leave him out because he's too good. Can you? Like, I mean, they I just know. re-signed I mean, yeah. him. They just re-signed him. Yeah. He was an RFA this offseason. You would think yep. they wouldn't have even gone through the trouble of re-signing him. If... Right. Okay, Carrier or Fabro? Like, oh, are you really asking me that? I'm, I mean, I'm going Carrier all day. I'm going Carrier all every, day. I know, but everybody like a lot of people like Fabro for some reason, and like, well, because Fabro, Fabro is a very stable. Yeah, that's true. Defensive player. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We have talked about this. Where is Kyle Perkins when we need him? I know, man. <laughs> For sure. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna send this clip to him. Here's yeah. what I'm about to say. I'm about to speak some gospel here. So Fabro, I'm about to speak uh, speak a little gospel to everyone when it comes to Dante Fabro. He is a very great player in the way he plays in his own way. My thing about Dante Fabro is his his ceiling is so low. Yes. Alexander Carrier's ceiling is way higher, in my opinion, than Dante Fabro's ceiling. I agree. Now, when you're talking ceiling, you're projecting, you're predicting, you're thinking mm-hmm. in the future. Where they're at right now, sure, Dante Fabro can, can, is a serviceable player. It proves that in the numbers I just read. He can be moved yep. anywhere. He can yep. play with multiple line mates. He can definitely be a solid defensive force when it comes to blocking shots and being on the penalty kill and being in the right position defensively. Dante Fabro very, very likely is never going to be more than a 10 to 15 
point scorer in this league, yeah, maybe yeah, 20 sure. points. Mm-hmm. This league is changing so much, and it already has changed. Mm-hmm. Just i.e., look at Cal McCarr and all these other defensemen that are starting to come up who are mm-hmm. all predicated on playing offense and using speed and rushing the puck up the ice. There are too many times where I've watched Predators games where Dante Fabro is getting boat raced by For him. Sure. And it's not yeah. just Fabro. It's no. not just Fabro. No, it's not. It's the entire it's Predators team that mm-hmm. needs to get faster. And I think that's what Barry Trotz is trying to address. Yeah, for sure. So, I'd, much like some of these other players, I don't know if, if Fabro can keep his head above water in Nashville. He'll he'll land yeah. somewhere. He's yeah. an NHL oh, player. Right. He's, yeah. he's an NHL player. He's going to be somewhere. Yeah. But I don't know. I, don't I guess I was always hoping to see Carrier like, grow into like a Roman Yossi type player a little more than he has, but um, I like him a little more than Fabro. I'll totally be okay with switching out Lazan for Fabro because I do think Fabro is a is a very is a more um, even keeled, yeah. stable player than Lazan. The thing Lausanne about Lazan is, is he's a, he's he's a, he's a little yeah. bit of a of a wild card to me. Yes. Lazan is he's going to take some really really egregious penalties for you. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to put you in a bad spot in games. Whereas I don't think Fabro, I can trust Fabro to play smart. And, and yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Cause Fabro, I mean, you've seen him, he doesn't get riled up too much, but Lazan, man, he's, but the trade-off between that is you're losing that edge. You're yep. losing that um, tenacity. You're losing that enforcer mentality that you need on a third pairing defenseman line. And yep. Lazan's not afraid to blast a shot. He's got actually his shot's not that bad. No. He doesn't. He hasn't really fine tuned it, and <laughs> he's never really going to playing third line minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I trust Lazan to actually score a big time goal more than I do Fabro. Yeah, looking but at yeah, it's it's a tough know. call between those two. It is it's a tough it's very call. hard, and and we've we've talked about these guys so much. You look at the 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 seven players we've mentioned. I don't really see anybody of the younger guys getting in to the to the to the team this season. So there's the whole there's hurt. the whole there's the whole thing on the Shin thing. So the Shin yeah, yeah. with Yossi, I can see because Trotz said they got Shin because yeah. he was tired of seeing Yossi get knocked around. So all yeah. right, we'll see. Yeah, we'll but see. But that's something happens. we have to watch in training camp for sure. Um, yeah, and that and. If Shin's on the top pairing, someone's going to get left out. Is it Carrier? Mm-hmm. Is it Lazan? Is it Fabro? It's one of those three. It's definitely one of those three. It's one of those three. Mm-hmm. So take your pick. We should um, take let's bets. Let's see. I mean, that's start a good a, one. Start a bet on DraftKings. Can't you do that? They let you do that? <laughs> I don't know if that one's available. <laughs> a lot of So let's talk about the professional tryouts. And I've got one that's oh, really, really cool. Really cool. So how about another O'Reilly on this Predators team? And it's not Ryan O'Reilly. It's Cal O'Reilly. Yeah. Cal O'Reilly was drafted by the Predators. Oh, way back when forever ago, it would seem like it's a really cool story though. So Cal O'Reilly originally drafted by the Predators has played most of his professional career in the AHL 
has logged a lot of points in the AHL. He's a career AHL player. Um, and I just think it's cool that he's getting a chance. Yeah. He's not going to make the team, but the fact that he's going to be there, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be he? interesting to watch. And I think a lot like, of people are going to enjoy watching it. Is he like 37 years old? Cal O'Reilly? So. Yeah. 36. He's 36. 36. He was drafted. It. He was drafted 150th overall in 2005. Yeah. I hate um, when they just put their date of birth because I'm not any good at math. But how cool. Like, but think about, how, think about how cool this is. He was drafted in 2005 by the Predators. Mm-hmm. He's 36 years old. He played 85 games with the Predators and put up 35 points. Last played in the NHL in 2017-18 and only played in one game that year. So he's actually been out yeah. of the NHL for a while. But right. to, to come full circle like this and mm-hmm. play for the franchise that drafted you yep. and – he still has made himself a great professional hockey career. Just because he didn't play in the NHL yeah. all of his career doesn't mean he didn't have a great career and he doesn't yeah, have something sure. to be proud of. Yeah, I think that's a really cool thing. It I think it's cool. a cool storyline for training camp. It's not going to get headlines, but yeah. I think it, it's freaking cool. It would be cool if he if they snagged him to play in Milwaukee or something. That'd be kind of neat. Well, he he said he still wants to play. When I yeah. what I read, so yeah. I'm I would sure think that's what he's probably gunning it, for. But if he still cool. wants to keep playing, he still wants to be on the ice. Yeah. He'll he'll be a a very veteran type leader for the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah, that's cool though. I do like that. Super cool. Yeah, love that. And it looks like they're they got three goaltenders on tryouts as well. So that's cool. Trying to trying to um, restock the uh, goaltender shelves, I guess. And we mentioned that we got a lot of predators play or a lot of pro, uh, players in this um, tr- um, training camp that are actually twenty twenty three draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we already mentioned that Tanner Mullendike oh. is going to be at the training camp. So that's pretty cool. 46th overall pick, uh, Callan Lind is going to be there. 83rd overall pick, Dylan McKinnon. That's a good last name. It is. Dylan McKinnon's going to be there. 111th overall pick, Joey Willis. And 175th overall pick, Austin Roest. So we got some draft picks that we'll get to see there. And just mentioned that the first over or the first pick of the 2023 draft by the Predators, Matthew Wood. Um, will not be there, but getting ready for his collegiate season with the University yeah. of Connecticut, which is coming up very, very soon. He's so, got to join a, join a fraternity or something. It's very different. It's very different when you're um, yeah. already a it's collegiate a player. Path. When yeah, you get drafted sure. in the NHL and you're a collegiate player, it's a lot different path mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Let me quickly Hold name up. my roster bubble player shortlist. For me, it was Kiefer Sherwood, Igor Afanasiev, Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, Jake Livingstone. Mm-hmm. The, the great underdog story of last year. Yep. And Spencer Stastny. So I mentioned that Spencer Stastny is probably my first choice of player that gets called up mm-hmm. if things Something happen happened. and you need someone to throw in, which un- inevitably is going to happen. going to happen. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. will see Spencer Stastny at some point. Yeah. Jake Livingstone, I would put him right up there with Spencer stats. Mm-hmm. And the biggest reason I say that is Livingstone really, really 
outperformed expectations when yeah. he was thrown in there. He really got thrown in there late in the fire he with sure almost did. no expectations. Everyone expected him to probably look pretty bad just because he was brought in. He's undrafted. He just got brought yeah. in. The dude got out there and blocked shots and and, mm-hmm. and made things happen. So is he the one that is he the one that signed his uh his contract like on his on the bus or something I from think college? So. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's from, he yeah. So he that? played with yeah. the University of uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. State. It says Minnesota State. Yeah, <clears throat> but I think I remember seeing that he was the one that like signed his uh, his entry level contract or whatever on on the bus or something. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. So let's keep an eye on that for sure. Let's move along here. We got a couple things to wrap up here. Rapid fire episode 198 of Catfish on Ice, getting you all set for training camp and rookie camp for the National Predators. We're in the middle of it. It's awesome. It's coming. You hear a little pep in our step here from myself and Rich tonight, and that's because we're so excited. We're just so excited about it. We're just so amped up about it. So I want to zero in on something that we mentioned early in the episode, and that is the Preds power play. And really, what do we see happening with that? And so with that said, Rich, I'm about to share a crazy stat with you, and it's all about the Preds power play over the last three years. Already (laughs) mentioned that – Already mentioned that there was an outlier year. Yeah. It was exciting. It was very fun. But. So the last three years, last three seasons for the Preds, power play goals, right? Yep. Who would you guess over the last three years combined has led the Predators in power play goals? Who scored the most power play goals? Hmm. Lucas Spiza. Um, <laughs> you figured out a way to get it. Um, yeah. Uh, man, that's tough. I don't know. I, I, I can't even venture a guess. Am I going to be surprised? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Ellie Tolvin. No. It was uh, Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne. No longer on the team. I think you're going to sense a theme here, everybody. No longer but on the team. It is Matt Duchesne who leads the team in power play goals over the last three seasons for the Predators. Matt Duchesne, 22 power play goals. Wow. Speaking of Matt Duchesne, real fast, I just want to throw this in there. Got to watch the first meeting of Dallas and Nashville. You know it's going to be exciting. It's going to be. You know how nervous I'm going to be. I know, right? It's off the rail. It's going to be off the rails. I'm going to Duchesne be is going to come out firing on all cylinders. I guarantee you. Anyway, just a little side thing there. I'm going to be extremely nervous. Mm-hmm. All right. So Matt Duchesne leads the Predators in power play goals over the last three seasons. He is obviously no longer on this team. So take that for what it is. Wolf. Second in power play goals for the Predators over the last three seasons is the captain, Roman Yossi. Okay, so that was going to be my guess. I just didn't want to say it. He's got 20 power play goals. Most notably because he completely 
broke out with 11 power play goals in that 21-22 season where everyone decided to have a career year. Yep. He also had he also led the Preds power play in pre- power play goals this past season with 8. So you have that. Third is Ryan Johansson. <gasps> oh, I said it. No longer on the team. I said that name. Oh, the Avs Predators first matchup. Hmm. I cannot believe I just said that name. Yeah. So Oof. sorry about that. Joey. Ryan Johansson has 19 power 19. play goals. He now plays for the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. I'm sure that he hurts. has. I'm sure he has that date. The Predators Avalanche game circled on his calendar. So there's that. <laughs> so we have to think about Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne this year when yep. it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're both in the division. That's the worst part. They're both yep. in the division. Absolutely. Let's uh Maybe. let's put let's put the graphic on the screen just so everyone can see it. Philip Forsberg. For our for our YouTube viewers. Two so there you the have four. it. Two of the four gone. Two of the four gone. And that's kind of the theme I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. Who's <laughs> that's why I'm presenting the question right now of how how are the pred- how is Andrew Burnett going to fill out this new power play? Rich, I'm going to ask you first. This is a broad question, but uh, who are some newcomers to the Preds power play that you really want to see step up and, and get a new chance? Now that Ryan Johansson's gone, now that Matt Duchesne's gone, they were, those are two mainstays um, on the power play. What do you um, want to see? I don't know. I really don't know much about Ryan O'Reilly, but I would have to think he would be plugging the hole left by Ryan Johansson, maybe. Um, I don't know. That how, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of, you know, center for center type situation. After that, man, it's anybody's guess. <laughs> I mean, I have no. Um, Man, yeah, it's that's tough. That's very no. Tough. I think you're right. Ryan O'Reilly is absolutely going to be probably on the second power play unit. He's going mm-hmm. to be on a power play unit at least to yeah. open the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need that center. You need that veteran. You need that 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 player who can mm-hmm. uh, play a point guard, if you will. Yeah, to set the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking Philip Tomasino. Okay. Who actually, um, going back to my uh, numbers of power play goals by the Predators over the last three years, Tomasino scored four power play goals this past year. Mm-hmm. Scored three power play goals in 2021-22. So he's got seven power play goals in his career. So that's Tomasino's yeah. chance to really thrive mm-hmm. under this new system with Brunette is... He's going to be, he needs to be a power play weapon. Philip Tomasino, yeah. the dude knows offense. He he knows how to skate without the puck. He's an effective puck handler. When you're on the power play, you, excuse me, you need players like that. Yep. 
Philip Tomasino, yeah. hands down. When I think about new Preds power play, new, yeah, I think Philip Tomasino. Yeah, um, I agree with that. That would be awesome to see him step up in that role. But just looking at these numbers, man, like that Matt Duchesne plugging that hole, twenty-two. That's that's big. I mean, that's you know, you got someone like Roman Yossi. Duchesne well, scored five power play goals this past year, yeah. which yeah, the press right. power play was so awful was that bad. five is like not that great. Not that great. Um, scored 16 power play goals in 2021-22. That was the year of the press power play tied for fourth in the league. Yeah. It was an exciting time. And then the year before that, Duchesne put up just one power play goal. But the point is, yeah, that's a lot of production to, to replace. Mm-hmm. Another one I have for me is definitely um, another newcomer, much like Thomas. Thomasine is not a newcomer, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that is Tommy Novak. Yep. You expect to see him on the mm-hmm. power play. In, the, in a new look press power play, you expect to see Tommy Novak. Do you agree with that? I do. Yep. So he's, he's actually got some power play goals in his Preds career already. He scored five this past year. And he scored a, a power play goal in his first year in the NHL. Yeah. So he's got six power play goals in his, in his really young NHL career. Mm-hmm. So he's got he, power play experience. Yeah. So you can check out my article regarding this topic on Predlines.com right now. How should the National Predators build their new power play units? Go check it out. Uh, we're talking about it right now. But um, let me go ahead and just... Put out the numbers real quick. Predators power play ranks the last five years. Oh, boy. This ought to be good. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're (laughs) ready for this. That was sarcasm. (laughs) Well, I think you already know where I'm going with this. I do. So, let's let's put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) 2022. Do you want to go old to new or new to old? What do you prefer, Rich? uh, You're my co-host. I want you to be able to choose things. Do um, old to new. Old to new. The last last back to to last year. Yeah. All right. Uh, We will do that. Let's go back to 2018, 2019. Oh, wow. You started with the worst? Hey. 2018-2019, the Predators power play finished 31st in the NHL. That's bad. With a 12.9% success rate. That's really bad. That's one of the worst numbers you could possibly ever put out there for a a success rate. Is that that the year after after that when they brought in... um, that was the year when you probably started watching the Predators. It was. It was the. It was halfway through that season. But but the next year is when they hired. Um, oh, that assistant. Dan Lambert. Coach. Yes, Lambert. Who was supposed? To, wasn't he? That was yes. Like I nineteen so. twenty. Have to go first. back and look. Yeah. Yeah. So so now we'll see how he did oh in nineteen and twenty. So bad. <laughs> that was the year that the Predators actually won the Central Division. Think about how crazy that oh, yeah. is. They they won the yeah. Central Division. They got the Dallas Stars <laughs> in the first round, and in they Dallas. got. They got upset. Throttled them. That's when everything started cr- cr- crashing down. Yep. All right. 29. This is why we're talking about this topic because it kind of like is a trend here. 2019 mm-hmm. 20, they go 25th in the league for a 17.3% success rate. So they really improved on their success rate, but league average wise, still one of the worst teams. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they did 20, jump up. 20, 20, 21. They go 23rd in the league, but mm-hmm. a very similar success rate, 17.6%. Then they, they bust out of the seams in 2021-22 yes. and go sixth in the league, really more like tied for fourth. Yeah. There were three teams they, who were had the same percentage. And that was the the year that gave us false hope for the future, but go ahead. 24.4%. <laughs> well, I don't know if they gave us false false hope because they still got oh, swept man. by the avalanche. I know, but like that whole year though, that three fourths of that year, they actually all, barely made the playoffs oh, that year. That's what's so crazy about I that know, year. Yeah. That's how that's do you have that much? How, how do you have that much individual success when it comes to career years? I don't know. And you still barely squeak into the playoffs and you get swept. I oh. get it. You see Soros got hurt. He wasn't Ask available uh, as much as I love Soros. He's getting us <clears throat> maybe one game in that series. Yeah. Ask uh, ask the Boston Bruins, they'll tell you how what that's like. <laughs> and then this this past year, so this is the last five years, this past year they go they they revert back to old ways. Twenty seventh in the league. God, Although I will gosh. say that is I such say, a big dip. There were a lot of really contributing factors to, for why yeah. the power play was so bad. One thing I will say that you really can't put a blame on anyone is just the fact that there was so many so much roster movement and so Mm -hmm. much changing and with, with trades and injuries that unfortunately, yeah, you know, it was Mm -hmm. one of those things where you just couldn't get any cohesion. So I really don't, I really don't get sucked into it too much this, this past year. The power, it was still bad, but you know, yeah. Um, so that's kind of why we're doing this topic. And so let me give you my power play units. Yeah. All right. Nowhere to go but up. There's nowhere to go here's, but up. Here, so here's my power play units, everybody. First power play unit, the top unit. I got Yossi. I got Forsberg. I got Novak. Okay. I got Evangelista. And I got Tomasino. So I'm taking some chances. I'm, some I'm chances. really trusting the youth here. You are. Yes. Yep. Evangelista has almost no NHL power play experience. Tomasino and Novak do limited, but they do. Not much, but they do. Yeah. And we know Forsberg and Yossi. You got to put them on yeah. the top unit. You yeah, have for to. Sure. Yeah. You're not going to just not put them um, up there. Hey, man, there's no way, there's no better way to get it. Are you cool with that, it. man? Are you cool? With, I mean, you, uh, let me give you my second unit and then yeah. you can tell me if there's someone on my second unit yeah. you would maybe disagree with. Okay. My second unit, I got Tyson Berry. He's your he's your power play quarterback. Yeah, I like that. You got Ryan O'Reilly. He's O'Reilly. your point guard. So if you're thinking mm-hmm. basketball terms, Yossi's your quarterback on the top unit. He directs things. Philip Forsberg's your point guard. He's your guy that's going to really find things. And then you got your scorers that can yep. skate without the puck. On my second unit, Barry, Ryan O'Reilly, yep. Cody Glass, I like that. Cody Glass actually put up some power play goals this past year. He scored six power play goals this past year. Uh, Glass did. So you got to put Glass in there. I threw a wild card for some people. If you look at daily faceoff, this player is not on their power play units projected for the Predators. I want Yuso Parson on the second power play unit. I would totally be okay with that. Yep. I like it. And... Gustav Nyquist, I want a veteran on the second power. He's not a big scorer, but that's more of a... That's okay. That's a wait-and-see approach for me. Mm -hmm. I would be quick to pull Nyquist off 
in and put someone else in if for some reason it's not working. But I do mm-hmm. want a veteran in there. And I, yeah. I, I'm not going to – as much as I'm not crazy about the whole Nyquist thing right now, I, I'm not going to undervalue his experience. Right. So – yeah. I'm cool with putting Gustav Nyquist on the second power play unit with because I've got a lot of young players and inexperienced players on my power play units. So you got to mix in a little bit of experience, yeah. a little bit of that. So I'll put Nyquist on there to to um, be an effective puck mover and really bring out the best. I want to put Parson in there because he's a he's a big body. Yes. He can he can crowd the puck, so he, he can. can be the next Absolutely. Ryan Johansson, but hopefully better. But he can be the next <laughs> Ryan Johansson. Yeah, yeah. He, I like it. Could he? I could. Let's think about Yusuf Parson scoring between the legs this past year. He was one of oh, he was yes. one of the only players, one of a few players who actually did that. And they just shrugged it off. Yeah, it was amazing. So I want to see Parson crowding the net, being that person who on a power play can find the loose pucks, find the garbage goals, mm-hmm. um, find the dirty laundry. Uh, that's my guy, Yusuf Parson in there. Nyquist can settle things down. Glass can definitely be a shooter and a puck distributor. O'Reilly, I like the second unit, but it's definitely up for debate. My top power play unit, I don't even want to like argue that. I feel so strong about that one. Yossi, oh, Forsberg, yeah. Novak, Evangelista, Tomasino. I mean, it's a good argument for sure. I like it. I like it, and they need the experience, and it'll be good. There's only one way to learn, and that's just to do it. So, and I think I think Tomasino can go for 20 plus goals and Evangelista as well. I hope so. If hope if so. they if they get top power play unit minutes minutes, Evangelista yep. and Tomasino can both go for 20 plus goals. Book it. I, yep. I feel strongly about that. I, I hope so. I hope Tomasino has a really good year, and I hope that's part of the equation. If they can play alongside Yossi and Forsberg on a top power play unit, and Andrew Burnett can really make the systematic changes that need to be made. And here's yep. my thing to round out this segment real quick. Here's here's the thing that has to change with the Preds power play that happened under Hines. Uh, stop skating! Going. Stop skating into a brick wall. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, how many times on the power play would they literally you would watch the penalty kill of the other team mm-hmm. and they got three guys just like building a wall. Yeah, yeah. They like couldn't even pl- get through the neutral zone. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. That's so frustrating. And then what would they do? They would skate into the trap. Yep. And then one or two things would happen. Yep. A bad turnover. Bad where the other team spring in for a loose, shorthanded opportunity on Soros, and Soros has to make a, a spectacular save. Or they skate into the trap, and the team easily clears the puck, and you waste mm-hmm. 30 seconds trying to get set back up. Yep, yep. And, and then, then and there was opportunities for them as well to skate like past the neutral zone and take, you know, get into the offensive zone and they would not, they would just dump it in. And then when they would get set up, when they would get, yeah, when they would get set up, it was, it was a lot of uh, bad decision-making or just hesitancy or just um, blasting shots and hoping you get lucky and hoping that something pinballs in. So I thought they showed a little bit of promise down the stretch of the season with some of these younger players. And that's kind of why I'm so adamant about these power play units and seeing Tom Sino in there and seeing Evangelista in there and seeing Cody glass in there is 
I, and I, I'm actually, I have full confidence that it, that my two power play units are going to be pretty close. I might miss a player or two, yeah. but I have pretty strong confidence that Dropping we're going to see a pretty strong resemblance of what of those yeah. two units. And that, and that's what I want to see. Like the young guys, they're you know they're obviously moving toward to be a faster team. I want to see them carry the puck more into the offensive zone instead of dumping and chasing because I hate that the worst that's the worst thing so hopefully these guys that are faster skaters and, and good uh puck handlers can make that happen and and then get set up a little better because yeah they were bad at it last year like you said mm-hmm. <coughs> very bad right. at it. we are going around episode 189 we're coming up on two hours but we wanted to give you a good episode tonight because yep. we've been slacking we've had things going on lately so we want to give you a good one here central division rundown it's time Let's start with the Colorado Avalanche. First of all, this is going to be our weekly segment throughout the season, Central Division Rundown. We're going to hit three top storylines from three different teams around the Central Division. Let's start with the Colorado Avalanche adding or signing, I should say, Tomas Tatar. Yeah, one year, right? One year deal? I don't even think it's been disclosed. What he, what he, oh, really? I could have, uh, maybe I was thinking somebody else, but yeah. No, it's, it's Thomas Tatar, but I, I, the last time I checked, they didn't even like disclose what he's, oh, 1.5 million. Okay. One year contract, 1.5 million. Yep. We're talking about a guy who's 32 years old, at, at, who has definitely proven himself as, as far as being a good scorer. Here's what I see out of this I'm not saying the Predators were in a position to sign him, but somehow, these teams that are already really good and really stacked always find a way to scoop down the bottom of the bucket and find another gym. And and I think Colorado definitely did that with this guy. <laughs> I think the awesome Avalanche got – the Avalanche have had an outstanding offseason. Yeah. If, if, if anybody watched the Devils play last year, to get anybody off of that team – and to get somebody like Tatar, that is a huge win for them because the Devils were very good and very exciting to watch. So, four hundred and fifty-five um, career points—that is nothing to to overlook there. Four hundred and fifty-five career points in the league. Um, put up forty-eight points with the Devils last season. And here's what you really, really have to look at for me here. Anyway, this is what I really pull out of this: the Devils are literally the portrait of the league when it comes to a young team growing and becoming like a Stanley yeah. Cup team. Mm-hmm. Tatar got pushed out of the Devils because there's just not room for him. It's not yeah. that he's a bad player. Mm-mm. And the fact that he made it this late in the offseason without a team picking him That's up crazy. was, I don't was pretty surprising. That. Yeah. Unless he was and then that, or... finally finally the Avalanche just take take just jump on it. I think yeah. it's gonna be a great decision for how them. many how many points did you say he had last year? 48 with the Devils. 48. So they got a 48 point yep. player for what? What was it? 1. 1.5 million. It's a one year deal. That is it crazy. is crazy. Oh my gosh. What He's going to score some clutch goals for them. He will absolutely. What the Avalanche are going to be back. I mean, you got the Dallas Stars. We are we've already been very clear that the gap between 1 and 2 in the Central Division is is mm-hmm. very very wide. Wow. And then number three is way up for grabs. Take your, Mm -hmm. I mean, literally make your pick on who you think number three is going to (laughs) be. That's crazy. 
So, I mean, outside of maybe Chicago and Arizona, you can pretty much make an argument <laughs> yeah. for anybody in the central right. division to get number three. Mm. So, yeah, just the rich get richer. No pun intended, Rich. But the rich oh, get richer. Well, that's what I see from that. I don't, but yeah. Because <laughs> they did. They got better. Somehow, oh, yeah. the, somehow a team that's already a Stanley Cup caliber team figured out a way to get better this late in the offseason. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay. What a pickup. Not crazy about it, but good for them. Let's move along here with the Arizona Coyotes in the Central Division rundown. Let's talk about them. They're going to be playing preseason games yep. in the land down under. That's crazy, right? That's pretty cool. It is cool. It's so hot there. <laughs> it's like is it? I know, like I even thought in, they were the opposite this time of year. I thought they were. I thought they I were. Know, I guess not. I don't know. I always thought it was just hot there all the time, like Florida. So I think it's pretty cool that the NHL is is expanding with this global series thing. I think it's a good mm-hmm. marketing tool. I make fun of the NHL all the time for being their biggest worst enemy when it comes to marketing. Yep. But when it comes to the global series, I think it's actually a thing the league is doing pretty well of. Mm-hmm. And I think the Coyotes are actually a pretty good team to put in Arizona or put put in Arizona to put, <laughs> to put in funny. Australia because there's probably a lot of Coyotes in Australia. I, would I guess. I don't know. That's that's my line of thinking. There's is there's, there's like lots of things in Australia that can kill you. I do. Oh, everything's that. that's the whole slogan of Australia is everything's yeah. trying to kill you. Yeah. If you don't get killed by a dust storm, you're gonna get killed what? by a drought. If you don't get get they killed got, by a drought, you're gonna get killed by a man eating spider. If you don't get killed by that, a rattlesnake's gonna probably kill you. If you don't yep. get killed by that, then I don't know, like a scorpion might get you. I yep. don't know. Like it's a lot. And then they ha- then they have those. Uh, those jellyfish that are like as big as a, a pencil eraser that can just like mess you up. Like yeah. big time. That's so I think the coyotes you know, are a perfect team to play over there then. Yeah. All right. Cool, so though. the coyotes will be playing in Melbourne, Australia. That's 16 cool. hour flight for them. What a cool thing. Two preseason games against the LA Kings at Rod Lever arena on September 22nd, 23rd. I will say that the Coyotes have a very exciting prospect. We've been talking about prospect mm-hmm. pools, now exciting the Predators. The, the Coyotes have a really exciting prospect pool as well. Yep. So that's the product of not winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> right. Traveling roster for the Arizona Coyotes. Some big names. Connor Ingram. Look at that. We'll be going mm-hmm. to the land down. He, I think he's going to fit in great. I think the Australian people are going to love Connor Ingram. Yep. Everyone loves Connor Ingram. Yep. So you'll have Connor. So here, here are some really big names. Logan Cooley is a major one mm-hmm. in their prospect pool. He's not even really a prospect anymore. Lawson Krause is a good player. Of course, we know Clayton Keller is their standout player. Yes. A big fan of Clayton Keller. He's going to win them a lot of games on his own. I Clayton agree. Keller is. Yep. I've already said – that I think the Coyotes hot take alert are going to get a wild card this year. Yeah. I I'm on record. That. I'm not going to take it back now. No, I could see that. Totally. Defenseman I mean, for the Coyotes. You got Matt Dumba. They went out and got Dumba. I'm not sure they, about that. They, one, uh, yeah. It's a little, that that's the problem for the Coyotes is their defensive core is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Very untested. 
So yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch the Coyotes out in Australia. Yeah, except uh, it's on at twelve to midnight is when oh, yeah. you get to watch it. <clears throat> and then finally, let's wrap up episode one eight one. I almost said one eighty nine. Almost went nine episodes backwards. One ninety eight with our last Central Division rundown topic. Let's go to the Winnipeg Jets. And they name a new captain. It's no longer Blake Wheeler. No. Pretty ugly breakup between Blake Wheeler and the Winnipeg Jets. Mm -hmm. That team's kind of like going through a a messy situation with Connor Hellebuck as well. And Shifley. Yes. But as of of now, they're hanging on to those two players. But that breakup with Blake Wheeler was pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. So they had to get a new captain and they get Adam Lowry, very respected player. I thought that was a pretty cool choice. I like Adam yeah. Lowry, very respected player around the league. When you're picking a captain, it's never an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Third captain in franchise history, it says. He's been with the Jets since 2011, so it's an, in that regard, super easy choice. Uh, drafted 67th overall. And he's the third since relocating to Winnipeg. Not the original Jets. So yeah. the Winnipeg Jets right. we're talking about were the Atlanta Thrashers, which also, side mm-hmm. note, everyone's talking about the next franchise in the NHL, and they're going to bring back the Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, boy. That'd be fine. Yeah. It'd be, a good, cool. na- it'd be a good natural rivalry for the Predators if they did that. Then we're going to go through the whole – Expansion draft. If that happens, they need to move the Predators to the East. I've always said that. If they add another team, move the Predators to the East. But that'd be kind of hard to do, though, because the Thrashers would be in the East. So actually, probably wouldn't work out that way. It's all weird. But um, either way, um, yeah, so cool there. So that's going to leave us to our last rapid fire topic here, really quick to close out episode 198. We're up late. If Roman Yossi is no longer the captain of the team, we're both going to give our choice. Who would be our captain of the Predators right now? Let's pretend like Roman Yossi, for whatever reason, is not the captain. Uh, Richie, Rich, go first. I get to go first. Um, Who would be your captain choice on this current Predators on roster? This current Predators roster. Yeah. Who, hmm. Let's. Uh, gosh, man, it's kind of hard. Um, it is. I want to say like Colton Sissons. All right. But I don't know. Your hesitation makes me think I chose poorly. <laughs> no. Tell me why though. I don't know. But like he's he's always um um when um oh gosh. He's been with the he's been with the he's, team he's, for I mean if you're thinking about players who have been with the team for a long time, yeah, a player who's always been a leader. He's like when when uh Callie Yarncroft left, he was like the Swiss Army knife player. Mm-hmm. Colton Sissons kind of took that role over. I don't know, just your captain think, doesn't necessarily need to be like the guy who scores all the highlight real goals yeah. and does all yeah, that. Exactly. So I think Colton Sissons is a really good choice. Yeah. I actually thought about Colton Sissons as well. But I'm going to not say Colton Sissons because you said him. I don't right. think it's a bad pick, though. I'm going to go with Ryan McDonough. That's a good one. Yeah. I think that's good, too. My pick would be Ryan McDonough. and For however long because, he's going to be mean, there. 
He's not been. I think he's going to finish his career with Nashville. I do think yeah. that. I'm not saying he's going to be. Obviously, Roman Yossi's going. We're we're being hypothetical yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. But second best captain choice on this roster right now for the Predators, I would go with Ryan McDonough because he is every every word of a leader. I agree with that. Great person for the community. Great person mm-hmm. for the locker room. Um, just everything about him says captain to me. Mm-hmm. Now, let me preface this by saying that we both left out a very, very crazy player out of this pick, and that's Philip Forsberg, who's the all-time leading goal scorer. That does yeah. not mean that Philip Forsberg is not captain material or no. that he's not a leader or none of that. No. I, but I think choosing a captain is different. It's it's a hard, hard thing to choose. It is. Yeah. And I mean, it's I no know. disrespect to Philip Forsberg. It's, but it's it's not even so much about like what you can do on the ice. I think a lot of it is locker room stuff and how you lead in the locker room. So Yeah. You know, you look at the guys who like were like the Bruins, for instance, Patrice Bergeron, you know, awesome player. He was the captain, you know, and everybody loved him because he was a good leader. You know, he took care of all the guys. Zidane Charles before him, good leader, you know, took care of all the guys, make sure everybody was good. I think it's more locker room stuff. Yeah, but, you're not going to choose a really young player to be your captain this early, well, so that's why I didn't pick any of them. I wouldn't pick like, Ryan O'Reilly because he's literally just joining the team. Yeah, I wouldn't – I I mean, Colton Sissons is a good pick. Mm-hmm. McDonald's I thought about better, him. McDonald's um, probably better. There's not. I mean, it's hard to pick a captain on this team because a lot of these oh, players yeah. are new to the team, either because mm-hmm. they're young or because they're literally just got picked up by the team. So I yep. think it comes down to Philip Forsberg. If it's not Roman Yossi, it literally comes down to Forsberg, um, Sissons, or McDonough. Yep. And so it's no knock on Forsberg, but I'm right there with you. Or or, or Lucas Beesum. <laughs> Let's just make Lucas Spees the all-time Bring him captain. Back and be captain. Lucas Spees is the all-time captain of the Catfish on Ice podcast, all right? That's so he is. doesn't need to he be captain of Predators. He got the ultimate goal in life. He got the <laughs> he ultimate prize. He can rest his head easy at night every night because he's the captain of the Catfish on Ice podcast. There you go. So Lucas he needs Spies to not accomplish anything else in life because he got yep. that. He made it. He made it. He officially made, he it. made it. Let's see. Justin Gambino, real quick to get out of here, says, I'd pick Forsberg personally for the captain. The other new vets are too young as a member of the franchise. That's true. Right. So there you have it. Thank you, Justin, to close out that episode of 198. Ryan O'Reilly was uh, captain in uh, St. Louis. Yes, but he's still new to the team. You're not going to be the captain of your team. Yeah, you're not going to do that. I'm just saying. He he doesn't count. He does have the leadership quality. Fun, fun topic to close out the episode. Thanks everybody for watching. Yep. It's late on the East Coast. It it's late everywhere, but it's We're after midnight. Yeah. We thank you for watching us. We will see you next time we see you. We got episode 199. I think episode 200, we're going to do our first game time reaction episode. Ooh, that'd be good. So stay tuned for that. We got one more episode before that. 200. Our next episode, we will probably give you, we'll be reacting to training camp and the things that are happening, the storylines coming out of there, preseason games, all that good stuff. 
buckle up stay tuned thank you if you've been watching with us all along if you're new to the podcast welcome we love you don't be shy follow the podcast subscribe talk to us leave comments we love you until then have a safe evening have a great rest of your week enjoy your weekend enjoy some hockey that's coming back to us we'll see you soon take care have a good one